You're listening to Core Stories. I'm Emily Bruff, the Communications Director at Otter Creek Church. In April, I had the opportunity to chat with Monica and Irene, who live in Nairobi, Kenya, and work with our ministry there called Meet in the Streets. They were in the States for a visit and graciously spent a few minutes with me, giving me a small insight into what their work looks like on a daily basis. As you can imagine, the work there in Nairobi is hard, and at times it deals with the very gruesome reality of circumstances that drive children to the streets. And with that in mind, please know that this episode may not be suitable for young listeners. My name is Irene Makini. My name is Monica Moregi. I am born um, and raised in Nairobi. I've lived in Nairobi all my life, gone to school there. Everything about me is in Nairobi. And I found out about Made in the Streets from Church. I'm a Church of Christ member, and the church I go to is called Komarok Church of Christ. And one time, a few years after high school, I was in church, and Charles and Darlene came forward after the service and announced to the congregation that they're working with Made in the Streets, which is this organization that works with street children. That was the first time I was hearing about Made in the Streets. I had no idea about everything that involves street children, but I had seen them because I live in Nairobi. So I was interested in, you know, what kind of help they give and what all that goes on into helping the street children. So I thought, why not grab the opportunity? So I followed it up and I've been made in the streets ever since. Uh, At Made in the Streets, I, um, I am the school librarian. I'm also uh, a counselor and work with the students. Uh, most of our students, actually all of them, have gone through some kind of trauma. So counseling is in, is very important, so I do that. And I'm also the assistant director, so help with some office work, coordinating teams, and coming up with calendar and plans and things like that. I grew up in a town called Nanyuki. It's like three hours drive from Nairobi town. That's where I went to my primary and my high school education and then I went to college in Nairobi and then after college I was working with this organization that works with immigrants and they were helping young mothers or young girls who got pregnant at a young age and never got a chance to go to school. They would help them get vocational training and get a trade of their choice and then they would help them with little money to start their own businesses. So we would go out in the slums or just in the estates and identify them, then encourage them to to apply for their scholarships. And in one of the vocational, vocational training center where we took our girls was one girl from Made in the Streets. And she was friends with our girls. And I was interested to know more about Made in the Streets because I was the organization I was working with was a short contract and I knew before long it will be over and I'll need something else to do. So the girl gave me a business card, Francis movie, and after the contract was over with this other organization, I contacted Mbubi and there was a vacancy at Made in the Streets and I felt like whatever I was doing with these girls is almost the same thing I'll do with these others. And so I applied for the job and I was qualified and I was called for 
the interview and I got the job. Yeah. I'm currently working at Eastley Center, which is our outreach and a drop-in center in downtown Nairobi. I am the supervisor. I'll say like a normal day for me is waking up early in the morning in my house and I'll ride a matatu to the center, which will take me 30 to 45 minutes. And then we have our morning prayers. Then we split the group into two. There's a group that goes out there to the streets and there's a group that remains at the center for the programs, Bible programs. And if I was heading to the streets, we always have a first aid kit with us. We go out there to the dump site and to the bases where we can find the boys and the girls. We talk to them about God. We give them hope. And then we encourage them to come to our programs. And then if we find any who needs first aid treatment, then we do that. And then at one, we come back to our program. We have lunch together with the boys who had attended the program and then in the afternoon we do cleaning and we also do first aid to everybody and then we get to talk more to other kids who have been there the whole day and our day ends at 4 30. just a short overview of how my day looks like um i report to work at eight uh, so all of the team members and the students meet in our school chapel and we have a morning of devotion and worship, which is a perfect day, I would say, to start your day. And we do that for half an hour. And we have our boarding program divided into two learning areas. We have the literacy center and we have the skill center, which where uh, this is the place where the students get to learn their trades. So at the literacy center, we have uh, our students between the age of 13 and 15. So after chapel, this group goes to the literacy center. And then the students who are uh, 16 to 18 are now doing their training uh, in the different skills. So they go to the skill center. We are kind of a little bit apart. So we do that. When we get to the learning center, which is where I'm located the rest of the day, uh, the first two hours are for me to, you know, interact with the team, you know, um, different of the uh, different people would come to my office, you know, and we would coordinate some stuff and they would make kind of requests if there are anything they need or any other issues that we need to talk about regarding their area of work and students and such kind of thing. Uh, after that, I have a library class every day at around 11. So I do that. And in the class, we have library activities such as reading and, you know, pair reading, individual reading. It's all about books. So we do that. And when the students leave, that is my time to kind of arrange the library, check uh, in books that people had borrowed, borrowed before and just make sure the library is in good shape and, you know, um, everything that pertains to managing a library. And I would have maybe a counseling session before lunch um, with a student. There are times where we do group sessions where I have several groups at the same time and, you know, we would have like peer, peer, you know, counseling, something like that. After lunch, I dedicate my time to a little bit more counseling and more office work. And at this time, I make phone calls, respond to emails and anything else that I didn't get to finish in the morning and fixing some um, 
counseling sessions if there are any individual students who I need to be talking with at that particular time. So that is how my day goes. And at five, then it's time to pack up and go home, ready, get ready for tomorrow. A story that uh, has really touched uh, my life right now uh, is a story of uh, this one girl who we have at Made in the Streets right now. She's a victim of sexual abuse. And uh, it is so hard because this happened in her home where she was supposed to be feeling safe and protected, but that didn't happen. And the person who she had thought was going to be that person for her is the person who ended up, you know, uh, doing this to her. And this was her dad. And the mom was in a situation where she could not do anything because, you know, um, women, especially uh, there are times when uh, women would feel that my husband is all I have and they're afraid to do anything that they feel would put that marriage at risk. And so her mom uh, is one of those women and she did not respond when this was happening. But uh, I thank God because, uh, you know, the neighbors and, you know, people around noted that this was happening and she was you know, brought to us. And when she came, life was so difficult for her. She did not um, mingle with other people. You know, teacher, students, she would not talk about, you know, her life, what had happened and things like those. She did not engage in activities that other students engaged in, things like sports. And even when other students were just, you know, hanging out and having fun when it was break time, she would find a corner and, you know, just sit there by herself and she always wore so many clothes which I think to her was her way of you know hiding herself and she did this for a long time and for her it took a really long time for her to kind of work through this and I'm glad that uh, she found uh, someone she could trust and she opened up to me and she was able to tell me about her story and slowly by slowly we you know we kind of started working on making things better. And even though it has taken a long time, because she has been with us for almost two and a half to three years, but now you can see a change that's happening in her life. Before she would go to the dorm after classes and go to sleep, no interaction with other students. And when she was, you know, at the learning center, when it was time for break, she would immerse herself in books. She got a lot of books from the library and she would do that. So there was no time for anyone else in her life. But uh, I'm seeing her change from that and you can see her happy and smiling and she can play with other students. She does not sit alone by the corner anymore. So just seeing her being able to accept uh, herself and slowly learning to let go of the things that happened and, um, you know, having that forgiveness, yeah. Though it will stick to, it will take a lot of time to her, for her to forgive completely, but she's making steps towards that. Uh, and that is just a powerful story for me, showing how God can use us, you know, ordinary people, to make a diff such kind of a difference in somebody's life by just being present and having that time to listen and to embrace and to love. And, you know, that can help someone go a long way. So that has really touched my heart. Working in the center where, where I work, I get to see so many stories and they're all stories that keep me going. 
you see young children who are born in the streets or somebody will tell you they have lived in the streets for 22 years and you really want to do something for them but it's this boy that i've known have i've known him for a very long time and he has he has been like a young brother to me i felt like i am a mother to him i am a sister like i'm everything to him and before we took him to kamulu he got to share with me his story he was born in madare slums and that's where the grandmother and the mother lived the mother gave back to him when she was very young not ready to be a mother and imagining being in a slum where there's no food and there's no employment i could imagine what she was going through so she was never there for the baby So the grandma brought up the boy and at the age of four, the grandma would use the boy to go out in the streets and beg with him. And this is what most people do when you have a young child, you go out there and beg with them because you know people will feel sympathy and they will give you food. So they did that for two years, for three years until the boy turned seven. So when he turned seven, the mom had another baby already. and should give birth and leave the baby with the mom with now with the grandmother and just go and she was involved in taking liquor drugs and marijuana and also into prostitution in the slums and so she was never there for the kids she was there was no mother figure in the house and they didn't have the boy had never known of his father So at the age of seven, he started living alone in the streets and he was sodomized by the older boys out there in the streets. And it was hard for him even getting food and most people would give him food because he was young. But I know it was not easy for him. And so he got to learn about Made in the Streets and our programs and he started coming when he was seven years old. So he attended all programs and he he felt like maybe the streets was home for him so he would always hang out even when the programs were over he would not go anywhere he would just be there hang out until maybe evening where he'd go just around in a corridor and sleep and he came for the first year he was not qualified to go to med in the streets because he was so young another organization tried to talk to him and take him but he he refused he just wanted to be with medical street because he had grown the trust and love for the people who worked for medical street so he kept on coming until he was 10 until he was 11 until he was 12 until he was 13 he was still coming he would come in all our programs even when mothers are coming he would come even when the big boys are coming he would come and we felt so good like he he's he was our baby like seeing him around something that made me feel so good he was so persistent and i remember how many times i have to give up in life like you try something it's not working and then you give up and for him he never gave up he had never been to school and the little we taught him is what kept him kept him going so we 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 enrolled him to 
a program and he was supposed to go to a bonding program in Kamulu and he was very happy. He's always smiling and in all the photos we took, he was the only boy who was smiling. And we we buy them everything new when they go to a boarding program. We buy them new towels, new mattresses, new blankets, just to show them they are starting a new life and they can forget to their old life they were used to, like with no food, with nothing, the, the abuse. And when this boy went to Kamulu, every time I go there and look at him, I can imagine where he has come from and it has given me hope it has given me a lot of encouragement and i know even if i'm not able to help so many out there at least that one i help makes a difference in their life and also in my life and i'm very happy every time i see him and i keep him in my prayers every day uh something i would like for everyone who i've interacted with during this trip um is that I really appreciate them. Uh, we left home almost a month now, and it is difficult leaving your, your family behind for that long, given that I have a young boy. And um, just everybody that I have come across has been so warm and so welcoming and so kind, uh, you know, telling us uh, you're doing a good job, you know, and just all these good words and embracing us in their warm hugs and welcoming us in their homes, all that stuff uh, has really made it uh, worth it. And um, I really appreciate all the, all the things they've said, all the things they've done to make us feel at home and to make us feel loved. And when we go back home, we, we, we will not forget. I will not forget how much love I've experienced in this trip. Yeah, so I just wanted them to know that I really appreciate that and we are a family. I want to say thank you to God for this chance. I will not take it for granted. And I want to say thank you to all the Outer Creek members for the support they have given to us. And I ask them to keep on praying for us and all the kids out there in the streets and the kids we have at our bonding program and all the team members. And I would urge everyone to 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 do something to another person that makes them feel special. Be kind. Talk nicely to someone. Smile to someone. Make them feel happy for a day because you never know what they are going through in their lives. Sometimes when we are, you know, in the comfort of our own homes, you know, going about our lives which are so busy, you know, and I respect that. And we hear stories of people who are needing help or suffering somewhere we think that on our own there's nothing we can do sometimes you sit and doubt yourself and think like what do i really have to offer that will make a difference but i would just like to let everyone know that uh, we all have something god has put something in all of us and it does not matter how little or how big we can we can uh we can give or be there for someone, but just, you know, giving somebody a smile, you know, saying a short prayer for someone, writing someone a note or an email and letting them know that they are special and God loves them and you love them and things are going to be okay. You know, that makes a difference in someone's life. So um, let us uh, continue to be people who show love for one another, you know, from near and far, and know that God has given each one of us a gift. And let us not doubt ourselves, 
in what we can offer because uh, in whatever capacity you are, you are you have the ability to be a miracle and a blessing to someone. Core Stories is a ministry of the Otter Creek Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. To find more stories, go to ottercreek.org stories or follow us on Instagram at Otter Creek Church.